Welcome to Table Flippers Podcast. Table Flippers is an outreach of Greater Works Christian Church here in Lancaster, California. I am your host, Robert Enos, along with Chippy the Chipmunk. If it wasn't for me, no one would listen to this show. It's all about Chippy. Get ready to be challenged, to be confronted with truth and reality, and get ready for a revolution. It's found at Table Flippers. Oh, boy. Here we go again. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm back from Mexico. We had a great march for Jesus in Ocalan, uh, Mexico, with Pastor Braulio. Fantastic, fantastic trip. And I'm in the studio here with Apostle Rion from South Africa. Hey, welcome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's for me, it's, it's great to be with you again. And to all the listeners, welcome, welcome. You are, you are in for a treat today. Uh, I think I've, I've been seeing the man scribbling down notes, so there's going to be some good stuff coming out during this morning. But yeah, like you said, Mexico was fantastic. Great food, great fellowship. Atmosphere was great. Weather was fantastic. And uh, yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, we had a fantastic time, and we had the, some of the world's greatest tacos. But before we get into the march and some of the things that we saw, witnessed, and uh, some of the things that took place, I do want to give a huge thank you and shout out to my team. Absolutely. Eight of us went in. As I said, uh, Apostle Rion is here in the studio with me, and he was on the team, an invaluable member of the team powerful, powerful words released through him. I want to say thank you to my lovely wife, Linda. She was on the team and keeping us sort of in line. And (laughs) I want to say she kept us from getting lost. But if you guys know my wife, she gets on these adventures and then we all get lost. But she was invaluable, fantastic part of the team. Carlos, uh, my translator here from from Greater Works Christian Church, <clears throat> always doing a great job. Always he he drove. He was our driver and translator. So actually, Carlos, I think, does most of the work. Just don't tell him; otherwise, he might demand that we pick up the slack. Exactly, he might get a big <laughs> head. But yeah, yeah, no, no, he did a phenomenal job. Yeah, he uh, he did. And his wife Blanca Blanca Gomez went went with us. And a new member of the team is Blanca Nunez. We had two Blancas, and so. So they would gang up on me and pick on me all, Mm -hmm. I mean, the whole week. It was terrible, ladies and gentlemen. Always making fun of me. Always beating me down with their words. Somebody's got to do it. (sighs) Somebody's got to do it. So, you know, every time they were together, I would shout out, Blanca Twin Powers, activate! Now, that might age me, if you know what I'm referencing, but Blanca... Blanca 2, you also did a phenomenal job translating and praying for people and... um, invaluable member of the team Mm, absolutely and miss ida now ladies and gentlemen ida is like super anointed and one of a powerful prayer warrior and she's usually kind of quiet and stays in kind of the background kind of thing Mm -hmm. but this trip no you're praying for people your movie she did she did a phenomenal job all the way around Mm. she was another new member of the team that that traveled with us and she did a fantastic job. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I, I've, I've personally seen and witnessed the praying, laying of hands, and she was just phenomenal. Yes. And then there's Pat. Mm-hmm. Pat, 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 Pat. We had a meeting a couple weeks before we came, about three weeks before we left for Mexico, mm-hmm. just to kind of give everybody an idea of what to expect, what we're doing, what to bring, what not to bring, everything. And Pat says, well, do you mind if I shoot? And it caught me off guard. And I'm like, shoot? Who are you going to shoot? What are you exactly. going to shoot? You can't bring guns into Mexico. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But um, Pat is also a photographer. Mm. <laughs> and, of course, I don't have that photographer vocabulary, so mm-hmm. she meant shoot pictures. Mm-hmm. And I thought she was going to go in there and get us all in trouble. But she didn't. Another Pat did a fun, fantastic job, a phenomenal job, not just taking pictures, but when it was time to put the camera down and get in there and start praying for people, laying hands on people, she did. She jumped in. She made things happen. So um, I appreciate this team. Eight of us went in. Eight of us came out. We had a great time. All in time. one piece. Yeah, all in one piece. Gained yeah. a couple of pounds, though. I gained five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I gained five. What can we say? The food was good. 
It was excellent. It was very good. Yeah. But team, um, <clears throat> I don't know what team we should. We are the A team. We are the A team. And um, members of the A-Team, you did spectacular. I just want to say thank you again. It was over-the-top awesome. I enjoyed your presence. I appreciated your hard work and everything that you brought to the table and what you brought to the team on every level, whether it was having fun and joking in a restaurant after a meeting, just eating and having a good time, or if it was rolling up our sleeves and getting some things done in the ministry. You all did spectacular. And, uh, and I do have to say this about... Um, Blanca Nunez, um, you were you were uh, you did a great job translating. But the best time was when you said pastel instead of pastor, and you called the pastor a cake. And it, <laughs> <laughs> and now you're his favorite translator. <laughs> oh, that helps. That helps. So we were all hungry too. So you were probably thinking of cake, but. You all did a fantastic job, and I appreciate each and every one of you, and I look forward to doing this again. If not in Mexico, hey, maybe South Africa. That sounds like a plan. It's got to happen. All right. Um, how do you say cake in Afrikaans? Ooh, cook. Cook? Just like that. Cook? Mm. I feel a little cookie. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, again, team, I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to jump right into the next segment. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We're back from Mexico. I have here in the studio. You guys already know him. You've listened to his podcast. I got a lot of great feedback. None other than Apostle Rion from South Africa. Please say hello to everybody. Hey, good morning, guys. And uh, Apostle Rob, yeah, thank you for having me back. It's really good to be back with you and uh, also taking me along on your great excursions there in Mexico. It's, it's good to be there. Uh, just before the recording, we spoke a little bit about time and how time is flying. Yeah. And it's been almost five years since I've been to uh, Guadalajara and Ocotalan and that area. So, yeah, thank you for having me and thank you for having me on the show. Five years. Wow. It just seems like yesterday we were there. Uh, to, well, we were just there almost the other day. But <laughs> before that, it seemed like it didn't seem that long at all. But I guess that's one of the benefits of being busy. Um not that I want time flying because I, not that I can see the end, ladies and gentlemen. People tell me that I'm at, I'm over the hill. No, 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 I'm not over the hill, but I can certainly see the top. <laughs> but uh, it didn't seem that long because we've all been so busy. Um, yes, ladies and gentlemen, we we're in the Guadalajara area last month, uh, a few of us, for the March for Jesus. You guys have all heard the podcast, I'm sure, on that. The testimonies on that. And then just a few days ago, December 2nd, actually Saturday, December 2nd, we were in Okinawa, which is an uh, hour, hour and a half south of Guadalajara. We did another March for Jesus with our friends there. Both were spectacular in all of their ways. Both did phenomenal. And that's what we want to kind of talk to you about, some of the things that went on there in Guadalajara and in Especially in Okinawa, which which was with our last uh, March for Jesus, and uh, and there's a reason why we're doing this. You say, well, I'm not in Mexico; that doesn't pertain to me. Don't turn off this episode because it does. Just because it took place in Guadalajara and or I'm sorry, in Okinawa, Mexico, and you're not there, God is moving powerfully throughout the earth. And what God does in one area, He may do it a little bit different in another area, but He's still moving. And these types of a podcast, these testimonies, what we're talking about. It's, it's showing us what God is not only doing in Mexico, but what God can do right there in your own hometown. What to look for, what to be a part of. Because I'm a firm believer that wherever God is moving, we should be. We should be partaking in that and, and uh, being a partner with God in those areas, but also with the people that God is using in those areas. Um, by the way, just so you guys know, if I still sound snuffly, uh, I know, I know. I went on my rant about the dust that blew up in my face. And ever since that dust that blew up in my face, um, I've been having sinus problems. And just before we left for Mexico, I was extremely stuffy. Uh, I had done some work around some dust, got real stuffy. It kind of leveled out about halfway through the trip. And now it's sparking back up again. So I hope I'm not sending... Apostle Rion home with um, sinus issues myself. <laughs> but uh, so if I sound snuffly, please forgive me. You won't catch it listening to this podcast, I promise. 
Um, Mr. Rion, please give me your take, your initial take on what you witnessed, what you saw, uh, you know, in, in, in every way, but especially what you see brewing there in Ocalan, Mexico, in the spirit. Yeah, thank you. It's a, it's a very complex question, to be honest, because I have the the overview of kind of like five years since I've been there. And when somebody has kind of like you in the thick of things, you, you never really quite see progress. It's like when you plant a tree, the tree grows, but you see it daily. And then all of a sudden, 30 years later, wow, there's the tree. It's, it's grown. It's big. It's massive. And so for me, if I have to honestly, objectively look at the strip of Ocotalan, I have to go back to kind of like five years ago, the first time we went in there, and or the first time I went with you guys in there. And and I'm thinking of that square. There's a beautiful square right in the middle of the city with a beautiful cathedral. And there is all these little shops and our favorite taco places around the corner and a, a fantastic ice cream place and so i'm just spilling all the beans on the things we love there but the first time we went into that square it was dark it was oppressed it was it felt unsafe it felt like you know almost like you don't want to be there and i i can absolutely without a shadow of a doubt say that when we were there now i can physically see in the streets the shift the atmosphere is lighter. The areas is it's almost like it's more lit up. It's you you don't feel uncomfortable. You don't feel like you know you're going to be robbed or or something like that. It actually felt more inviting. And if I look at the amount of people that we met at night in the square and having a good time, enjoying themselves, and you know having whatever they were doing, their fellowship and food, you can see that there is a definite slow growth but a very sure progressive growth. And I, I, I have to say that as far as what I'm seeing spiritually, I do see the growth. I'm reminded of some training we had many years ago on the whole cell church movement. And, you know, you remember David Yonke Chow and, and that whole thing that kind of like took the, the Western church by storm. And one of the things that they said was that you, if, if you take an organism like, like a lily, that grows on a pond and it doubles every day. And they, they like to use this uh, equation of 500 days. It takes 500 days before it actually covers the whole pond or the whole dam. Then they say, when will it be halfway full? And I've used that in the past. And I don't know if we said about, spoke about it in the past, me and you. But it's, everybody wants to like say, no, it's maybe on day 250 because that's kind of like half or 500. But they don't understand the mathematical equation because they said it doubles up daily, meaning that half is the day before it is full. That is when it's only half. So meaning that on 499, 499, that is when it's only halfway full. And then on 500, it is like full. And with that perspective, it is, it is good to see that there is a very strong progressive growth that I'm seeing spiritually. I'm, I'm purely basing it on spirit, spiritual feel, atmosphere, that the amount of light coming in shows me that the darkness is going out and that the transformation that everybody wants and are looking for, I think as a whole, what you guys are doing there and the little bit that I helped with that, and even the team that's boots on the ground there, I think the 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 last kind of like uh, superpower that is required is time. Uh, I, I can see the growth. I can see the change. And I think, you know, give it time and we will see some major shifts taking place there in Okotolan. Yes, I I, um, I agree with you. You know, this trip that we took, I mean, all the trips are good. I, I love going into Mexico. The people are phenomenal. The food is fantastic. Especially Absolutely. our favorite little taco shop and Absolutely. crepes and ice cream. <laughs> and uh, I think I gained like five pounds on this when I came home and weighed myself. But um, there is something shifting in Mexico. And ladies and gentlemen, please don't misunderstand us. It's not because we are going into Mexico. It's we're partnering with God. God's in Mexico and God's at work. Yes. And and uh, what he is looking for is those who have ears to hear. As, as it says in the book of Revelation mm -hmm. several times, 
Those who have ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying. And what we do is we do our best to hear what God is saying and watch and to see where God is moving. Sure. And what I mean by that is sometimes it's obvious. Revival breaks out in a church or a city. It's obvious. God's moving there. You don't need to have super deep spiritual ears to know when people are getting saved in mass, healed in mass, you know, people are being drawn from bars and nightclubs into the church. Well, yeah, that's revival. It's obvious. But when I say when God's moving, sometimes it goes all the way back to Genesis 1, where, uh, you know, God's beginning to create. The, the creation is in a state of, if you will, chaos. And it says the Spirit of God is moving or hovering over that chaos, waiting for the word of the Father. So what we do is we do our best to find those places where the Spirit of God is hovering. Sometimes it's over uh, chaos and darkness. And, And in the case of Mexico, the Spirit of God is hovering over all of Mexico, but there's what I would call hot spots, Guadalajara, Ocotlan for sure, and some of the places that we have been drawn to where God is moving. And what he's looking for, waiting for, is the word of the Father. Just like when Father God says, let there be light, those words have to pass through who Holy Spirit is and then permeate or touch and affect what needs to be affected so light can appear. So now the way God does things is he works through prophetic voices. Holy Spirit is hovering over maybe a city or a church or a state or a nation. And he's looking and waiting for the the apostles and the prophets to see what God wants to do, come into that area, and then be the voice of God to release the word so that Holy Spirit can go work with the word that originated with the Father. And that's what we see going on in Okalan. That's what we see going on in Guadalajara. Uh, Their better days are definitely ahead of them. And uh, God is shifting and God is moving. Every time we go in there, people say, well, why are you going in there? You're just going in there to eat tacos? Hey, that's a perk, but that's not the reason why we're there. We're going in there to release the word of the Lord and to connect with people that will help work with that word to bring it to pass. It's not about us at all, at all. God could choose and use anybody. I remember a story in the Bible where he used a donkey. And if at this point in our ministry in life, we're just God's donkeys, well, praise God. We're going to still speak the word of the Lord. Absolutely. And we're going to see God move. And we see this wherever the word of the Lord, not just us, but the word of the Lord is embraced, we see God move powerfully and things change. So uh, I'm really excited about what's happening there. And... um, and I agree with you, uh, Apostle, that um, there is a shift in the atmosphere. Things are lighter. Things are more free. It's, it's, it went from death and darkness to light and life. And uh, it's just the beginning. I know that. We, we even saw a lot of Definitely. great things happening there. Yeah. Uh, if I can lean in with you on that, that same thought, and you kind of like used that, that tro- Trojan horse word revival. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's such a loaded word. But I think that the, uh, and, and I'm speaking about us on, on a personal level, I think the, the, the ministry and the network that we are basically involved with and, and growing has, in a sense, trans, transformed or not transformed, but maybe progressed a little bit beyond the term of revival. And, and I know there is things that we would love to call transformation. But we, we need to acknowledge the fact that before you can have all those things, there is something called restoration. And that there needs to come a restoration of the presence of God, the fear of God, the love of God, all those things. And if we talk about like measuring like that square, if we just measure it, you can see an actual restoration taking place. And you also shared about other parts of Mexico that you guys were in where you would go into town squares and it's like the reflection of the church. If the church in the square is good, then the area around the square business and the people are happy and good and you don't see so much poverty or so many beggars or or, or in a sense homeless people that look like homeless people. But if the church is in a bad state and it's dark and it's glooming, then you can see that. So... For me, I, I want to kind of like shift a little bit 
to what you were saying and say that I think part of going back into to Mexico is not just to announce revival or transformation, but to go even deeper to the foundations of what we need to do, and that is to proclaim or announce then the time of restoration. I'm thinking of the prophets like Isaiah that says, you know, God was appalled that there was nobody that stood up to say, restore, restore, restore. So um, this requires obviously a miracle. So and and again, you know, me being very prophetic and I love the prophetic actions on things. I'm thinking of some of the greatest miracle workers like Elijah and Elisha. And I'm thinking of like the widow that was in trouble. You know, she, she, her husband was a prophet and he passed away and she had all these bulls and they want to take her children and sell them as slaves. And she came to him and said, listen, I'm in trouble. And the first thing that he did was, so what do you have? What do you have in the house? What is inside your, your house? And she said, I've got a little bit of oil. And he, he kind of like spoke a prophetic word or the voice of the Lord came and spoke and said, well, go get yourself some vessels and pour forth the sacred oil. And for me, that is in a sense what we are doing in in the whole of Mexico and Guadalajara, wherever we are going. We are coming with that prophetic spirit, coming to the church inside there and say, what do you have? You know, what is the oil containing within you? And then looking for the vessels. And these vessels, like you said a little bit earlier on, are actually people, ministries, things that we can partner with and go with and say, listen, let's get these things together. Let there be a, a miracle and let the, the miracle of restoration, that oil, start flowing. And let's fill the vessels. Uh, let's find the right people. Let's, let's get the right connections. Because somewhere you will just walk into that one person that might be able to change everything around. It's absolutely true um, because God uses his people where, you know, if we're going to compare again what's, what happened in Genesis 1 to today, well, there was no people. There was no one around other than God to make things happen. So it had to be his direct voice. And now, just like we see in Ephesians 4, God has raised up the fivefold, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, to be the voice of God in the earth. Absolutely. And uh, again, when we, when we, I, I like the way you said that also earlier, and and uh, when you when you spoke that when we were in Mexico, how when they were fishing and caught nothing, and God says, "Now throw the net on the other side." Yes. They caught such a huge catch that they had to call their partners over just to contain the catch and they had to work the net so they had to have a net work of partners in those places where it was one boat one crew on one boat that actually initially caught the catch yes but it took two boats two crews networking together Mm -hmm. to bring it to shore otherwise it would have been lost yes and that's basically what we're doing sometimes we're the guys that are out there throwing the net and uh, starting to bring in a catch, and we have to call others, and sometimes we're the ones that we're called on. Yes. But nonetheless, we're part of that network that can bring in a greater catch. When we talk about that, a lot of people make the misunderstanding that it's only about evangelism. Now, please don't misunderstand, ladies and gentlemen, evangelism is extremely important because otherwise people don't get saved. People don't come into the kingdom. But what I've witnessed my entire life growing up in church is that we've made such an emphasis on evangelism only and not discipleship. Sure. So sometimes that networking is not just bringing in the catch of new souls per se, Mm -hmm. but bringing in the, if you will, the disciple or making disciples where we still have to network with one another because like Apostle Rion, South Africa, there's many things that he has that I don't have. Mm-hmm. And there's many things I have that he doesn't sure. have. But when we're working together, Absolutely. the people we minister to are ministered to more fully because he brings something, I bring something. Absolutely. And uh, I noticed this again, even here, we've talked about this before, how we don't sit down and plan. Nope. Like, okay, I'm going to preach this, you preach this, it'll flow together, we'll look good. Um, as a matter of fact, I didn't tell anybody this because I didn't want anybody to worry. But I did not have one sermon prepared going in, not sure. one. 
my preparation sometimes mm-hmm. was uh, in the car on the way to the church. Lord, what do you want me to preach? Yeah. And what I even in that I found that God would give me something to speak that was timely. Yes. And then you would come up and speak something that flowed right with it that was just as timely. Yeah. And that's that networking in the spirit. Yeah. Where one connects right to another. You you know it's uh, and and uh, I would walk away from what you would say going that was profound. That was good. That was great. You know, but it, yet it still fit like uh like puzzle pieces sure with maybe something i said or something somebody else said so um uh, anyways it was a profound trip and we're learning more and more and more to find those people and again i do like that that imagery the working the net yeah networking uh not just in the natural but in the spirit to to get a greater job done and the people are more well-rounded better trained Mm -hmm. stronger for it and that's what we're really beginning to see take place. Yeah, I believe it. And, and I want to kind of like lean a little bit into, uh, let's call this uh, spiritual relationship that me and you have. And and I'm exactly on the same page. When Whenever I travel, I always prepare kind of like a generic message that maybe three or four messages that it's always at hand, like the kingdom, it's always at hand. Just keep it close by because you, you never know when you're going to need it. But for... For me, I'm, I actually make a point of it to actually go into the church or into the area, into that place, and then there hear directly from the Lord what does He want to speak to His people. So it's it's sometimes difficult when they ask you, oh, give me your notes. It's like um, most of what I said was not on the notes because I simply just flowed with the Holy Spirit. So so I appreciate the fact that you do that and because I, myself, I do exactly the same thing. The... The beauty of, let's call it the unity that there is between between us, South Africa, and here in Southern California is, and, and we said it in the past, you know, we, we never sat down and said, hey, let's have a unity meeting. Oh, let's let's con- compare uh, theology or let's let's look at 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 what 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 do we differ about? And it's so true, you know, you guys got so much going for you here in California that that we don't have. And yet there are some things that we've got that, that the rest of the world crave for. Yeah. And, and, and once we can start realizing the value within one another, I think then we will become more, what is the word I'm looking for? More decisive in discerning that network. Yeah. Because the, the understanding of, of who is, who's, who's going to be part of this net, who, who, who are we looking for? When we are going into Mexico, are we looking for the big names or the small names? Or, or what are we looking for? What, what, what are the, the qualities required to become part of this net and network, which will ultimately bring in the greatest harvest the planet has ever seen? You know, there's a scripture, and, and I'm going to give it back to you now. Uh, there's a scripture that says that the latter glory will far outweigh the former glory. Now, that are some bold statements right there. Yeah. And no, no ministry alone has got the means to do and bring about that, that ladder glory. So we need one another. And so I'm almost going to ask you a question. So what if from your perspective, what do you think are the requirements to fulfill to say, hey, you are part of a network and let's make, let's make this thing work? <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm still um, trying to get over this stuffiness ladies and gentlemen so if i sound funny or i cough a little bit forgive me there's you said something about you know just a moment ago big names and and i need to clarify this so please stay with me i'm looking for the big names wherever i go yes not big names as so as like the big church names in lights hundreds of books well known all over the world if that's where god takes us fantastic. I'm not opposed to that, but I'm not looking for that. I'm When I say big names, big names in two ways. First and foremost, I want them to have a big name in heaven. What I mean by Absolutely. that is that they are so following Holy Spirit and doing what God uh, is asking of them is that all of heaven has their eye on them. Absolutely. Okay. And secondly, I want them to have a big name in hell. Mm-hmm. I know that might sound strange, but again, bear with me. I want the devil to know them very well because he, mm-hmm. those people that we're finding are rocking his kingdom. Mm. 
and destroying uh, realms of darkness. I want every demon in and out and around hell to know their name. Remember the sons of Sceva, the seven sons of Sceva sure. that went in to cast out this, these demons out of this one guy. And the demons spoke to him and says, Jesus we know, Paul we know. Mm-hmm. Or I believe it was more like Jesus we know, Paul we've heard of. You, we don't know. Mm. And they tore those people up. Mm. I want to find the people that hell knows very well and is afraid of. Okay. So I'm looking for big names, but completely different than in the natural. I'm looking for big names in the spirit, people that are movers and shakers, people that are doing something. Mm. And, um, you know, it's like with Pastor Braulio there in Okanlan. I believe he's a big name in heaven and a big name in hell in in those regards. And... Meeting him, he's more like, a, to me, he's more of a, he leans more towards an apostolic father. Absolutely. Then, you know, and when I say this, I'm not trying to put down pastors, but a mere pastor. Sure. Like we would think. He's very fathering. Yeah. He's very apostolic because he doesn't just have a heart for his own church and the people that come on Sunday. He mm-hmm. has a heart for his entire community, his, his uh, city, mm-hmm. his um, nation. As a matter of fact... The very first time that we met him and we got into Okutlan area, he uh, had a relationship with, at the time, the mayor of the city. Mm-hmm. And we were all able to go in there and minister to the, to the head of that city because of Braulio. Mm-hmm. He's very fathering. He's, um, I believe he's younger than me. Wow. Uh, most people are now. But anyways, wow. um, I believe he's younger than me. But at times, just being around him, I want to call him Papa because yeah. he has that nurturing father's heart. Sure. Not a soft sissy, sissy in any way, but that nurturing father heart. Mm. And um, that's why when we were here, I remember leaning over to you in one of the meetings or something. I don't even remember exactly where we at, but I, I said, you know, I feel like with Braulio, it's, it's, he's like David. He was anointed king by Samuel, yeah. but wasn't recognized for, as king for, what, almost 14 years. Sure. And then he was anointed a second time by Judah, the southern kingdom and then a little while later by all of israel sure and he became the king over all israel sure and i believe that braulio was in that place mm. where he carried the anointing for many yeah. many years but wasn't it wasn't fully recognized yeah. and it was time to make it recognized mm. uh, his new leadership not new leadership position because he carried it all that time but recognized in that leader it was time for his second anointing mm. which we we prayed and we blessed him and such but even yeah. in that there's there's this those are the people ladies and gentlemen that we're looking for i get turned off a lot by oh you've got to meet this guy because he has all these connections he's well known and then i meet these some of and it's not all some of them are phenomenal people then others are just like really he should be in business somewhere he doesn't belong in ministry and Mm. uh, you know and then you'll meet this guy oh yeah he's got 20 people in his church you know he's not doing anything and it's like nope that's the guy God's called. Exactly. That's the one God's called. Exactly. He's like David in the field with just a few sheep. Yeah. But God has called him. Those are the people we're looking for. Yeah. I so appreciate those words that you're saying because kind of like my, my, my personal mission for the past almost 10 years now that been traveling all around the world. And in a sense, I, I have a lot to to give praise for the Lord for that and also acknowledgement both to, to, to you guys and even Dr. Berendel Fillon uh, way back that uh, kind of like started helping opening up the doors. But coming back to the, the prophetic thought of, of the ministry and traveling and looking for those Davids, I've always had that thing of go find the Davids in the field. And I have to absolutely agree about your assessment on 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 what we saw on on Braulio. i mean i met him those years ago and uh, i think about four years ago we also had a ministry trip in in cabo mexico and he was there and if you if you would discern according to the flesh he's a he's, he's, he's a quiet guy he, does, he, right. he speaks but he doesn't say too much and he knows his place and yes you are right you can see that fathership but the, what, what makes a David quality? What, what, is, what is that David quality? Because I think, and, 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 and I'm just jumping in here in, 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 in what I believe this whole Greater Works Network is about, is, is finding those Davids because they are the knots required to form this net 
because you have to have all these links, but they got to intertwine somewhere and they got to be knotted together and stay together. Otherwise, it's just a couple of ropes hanging loose. And that's where we need, like a Braulio, that is solid, that is secure in himself, secure in the church. And regardless of if it's uh, 20,000 or 20 people, just having that, that character and that personality. And I think there, there might be some listeners out there that they themselves are like a David in the field. And they themselves would maybe judge themselves in that moment and say, well, maybe I don't register. Maybe I don't register in heaven. Maybe I don't register on, in hell. M maybe I haven't done anything yet. And for those type of individuals, I want to say, you know, you will have your lion moment. You will have your bear moment. You will have those moments in your preparation phase that, that, and it sounds, and forgive me for the way I say it, but it, those moments that wants to kill you, <laughs> you know, that, that will feel like this is life and death and they will come your way. And, and those are the distinguishing factors that will get you ready for when the true giants come to start making you famous that you can stand up when that day comes. That's so true. Uh, so many people, uh, you, you know, we, we sometimes get the wrong idea of David. We read the stories and we know the story, but we focus so much on David taking off the head of Goliath, which, of course, is important. But we forget that it started with the lion and the bear and just being a good shepherd. Uh, those are the times that really make us or break us. And if we can't go through those times where we just have a few people and we're shepherding them to the best of our ability and, and protecting them from the lion and the bear, we'll never be able to get to the place where we take off the head of Goliath mm. and bring freedom to an entire region yeah. or a city or a state or a nation sure. or even a larger church structure or something. And and, and back to Braulio, and the reason I'm just focusing on Braulio is, well, because right now it's so fresh in my mind what we saw, what we witnessed. Yes. He's had a very, very difficult time trying to build that network. Mm. And, um, and I can see now why, uh, in a lot of reasons, you know, there's, there's the obvious. Some people just can't catch the vision. They don't understand it. They don't want to be a part of it. It's a lot of work that they don't want to put in. It's a lot of warfare that they don't want to fight. But for Braulio, it was to help hone his skills. So that, and, and, and ladies I, and gentlemen, I say this kind of carefully because I believe that we need to be interconnected and network. We absolutely need to do. And everybody pull their own way and be part of something bigger. But in a, in a, maybe a city, even a church, a family, a business that hasn't yet developed that, then somebody, and whether it be one person or just a small, if you will, remnant, has to rise up and do the work of uh, so many other people. And what I mean by that is, is if, if you have, in a, let's say in a city, like they're going to do this March for Jesus. In my opinion, most every church, if not every church, should be involved. It's, it's that important. It's for the city. Yes. It's establishing the name of Christ in and over the city. It's a kingdom thing. It's not a church thing. It's not a one-person thing. It's mm -hmm. not about trying to grow one church or put one pastor's name in lights. It's sure. about the city and, and establishing the presence of the king mm. in a city. Mm. Every church should be a part of it on some level. Yeah. And, and when I say some level, really a big level. But not everybody ha can catch that vision. Mm. I don't know why, but not everybody can catch that vision. And if it comes down to just one pastor, such as Braulio, he wasn't the only one, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm saying if he was the one... He should still do it. Uh, he should still go out there and do the work. He and his church should rise up and do what, let's say, 200 churches should come and do. Mm. If it comes down to just one church, we'll make it happen. Mm. I remember last year, many of the pastors pulled out, and he, he was left not completely alone, but virtually alone. This year, there wasn't a ton of pastors helping him. But you know what? He did it anyways, and he did an excellent, awesome job. We had... Uh, I say we, actually, he was able to bring in one of the um, key pastors of Guadalajara that was that put together the entire Guadalajara march. They had 27,000 people just last month. He was there. With him, there was a band called AD3. That's A, a D, a three, Banda, AD3 Banda, my new favorite worship team. Um, but they were there. They're originally from Venezuela. 
and they came in. They're now in Guadalajara. They came in and did, did exceptional. Absolutely. The local worship band, exceptional. The pastors, the few pastors that did jump on board and work with Braulio, exceptional. Mm-hmm. And what's happening, and again, I'm picking on Pastor Braulio just to make a point. This could be anywhere, anywhere in the world at any time, <clears throat> but we just lived this. So <clears throat> Pastor Braulio, again, he carried the anointing for years. He had the same heart and the same passion for many years. But now it's being recognized. Yeah. And now he's coming to the forefront, mm-hmm. not because he's seeking it. If you guys ever met Pastor Brother, you know he's one of the most humble men that I've ever met. Sure. He is super gracious. As you said, he's not quiet in the sense of he won't say anything, but he's not boisterous. He's not loud. He's not, well, he's not me. <laughs> well, he's not overbearing. You know, he's, he's not in your face the whole time and, and ha- having to speak about himself, how good he is and how great he is and, right. you know, making little monuments of, of himself wherever right. he goes. He's not that. No, not at all. As a matter of fact, he opened the door for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And um, I, even last year when we did the march, you, you and I this year, we held, there's a big banner. It's about 20, 25 foot long and about four foot tall. There was four of us holding this banner. Mm-hmm. So Apostle Rihanna and I, yeah, that we were asked if we would be part of holding the banner, and we did. But last year, Pastor Braulio was holding the banner. Now, the reason I'm pointing this out is because holding this banner as you're walking, you're leading the whole thing, but it's not an exciting position. You sure. just literally are holding a banner. We're now not out there shaking hands, talking to people, dancing around. What Everybody else is having a party behind us, and we're just holding a banner. I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying it's not this exciting job. Last year, Pastor Braulio was holding the banner. And I told him afterwards, when we were able to debrief and sit down and talk, I says, you need to be uh, free to go greet the people, meet the people, do your job, shake some hands. Because what it does is we're marching down the street with the music and the worship and the shouting and the drums. It draws people out of their homes, out of their businesses. And I says, you you're you're the face you're the pastor you're you you need to make yourself he had a problem with that he didn't want to be that he was just excited to be part of what god is doing he didn't want to be the face of it but i had to convince him and say no you don't understand they need to understand you're the guy that if they come to church they're coming to your church you just need to make that connection so i was happy that he put us at the banner and he shook hands and he was there and uh, oh and by the way ladies and gentlemen i found we found out later that there was a group handing out Bibles that was a part of this march. They were able to hand out 1,200 Bibles just oh, in the march. That's powerful. I didn't even know that. Yeah, 1,200 Bibles, uh, New Testaments, that they were able to hand out to the people that would come out and just to see what was going on. They were handing out Bibles and greeting people. So it was a powerful thing. And again, Braulio was the was the um, kingpin behind all of it. He, mm-hmm. he helped put it all together. Um I think what is important also to recognize is the fact that it's it's not about so much being seen. Exactly. Uh, there, there were, like you said, there were many other pastors, and I think for the most part, if if I counted them correctly, they were about five, six pastors really working together on the strip. Yeah. And you know, not one of them jumped up in front and said, "Listen, Greg, give me the mic. I want to I want to talk about my church, right. uh, and and I'm going to do my thing." And right. and that is so important, especially when you start coming together to change and shape a a, a city or a nation. Right. It is not about you and your spectacular gift or your ability to pray or or this or that. It is actually about. The, the, the common purpose of making Jesus king. And I'm, I'm again, you know, we, we stuck on King David. And I'm thinking of when David was anointed king over Judah, that there were the, the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh that actually crossed the Jordan in flood. And I mean, these were ferocious guys. The Bible says their faces looked like lions. And when they came there, they actually put everybody to flight because the fear that came with them was just so ferocious. And the testimony is is, is this. It says there, and they came with one purpose, and that purpose was to make David king. And that is so important when we speak about networking and and meeting up together and doing things like now is to say but but the purpose what is that purpose what is that common purpose because everybody wants to have a big church or a well-known church or a or or a thousand people following them or seven twenty seven thousand people following them i mean those if, if if you say you don't want that you're lying 
Everybody does want a following, but it was not about the following. It was not about the the me, the my, I, and myself. It was about the common purpose, and that was to make this march for Jesus to crown Okutulan as a place where Jesus can come and take his seat on the throne. And that's where I have so much respect for Lag Braulio and the other pastors that we met. And and I'm thinking of Alejandro and, and Astrid as well. I mean, they brought a, a big truck with a big sound system. I mean, they, they were blasting away. They brought a whole dancing crew. And, and not once did they go to the front and say, hey, I've done all this or I've done all that. It was just purely a, a, a collaboration of common purpose and mutual good for a city. You know, you're absolutely right. Um, the pastors that were there, I, I, I wish there was more. There should have been more. Even many of the pastors that uh, we had met and worked with before, some of them weren't there, and that was just kind of heartbreaking. But most of the pastors that were there um, were really... When I say fall in line, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not saying like taking a back seat, but they fell in line in the sense that their gifts were on display, who they were were on display, the people of their church and what they brought was on display, but nobody was vying for position. There was nobody trying to scramble to the front. I should be leading this. I should be doing this. Everybody honored one another, respected one another, because this was about putting Jesus out front. And that's the thing uh, that, that I guess on one hand really excites me because the people that were there, except for uh, I'm all, I can only think of one person, but most everybody that was there, mm-hmm. except for one person, really it was about Jesus. It sure. was about working together, honoring one another, respecting mm-hmm. one another, but exalting Jesus. And if I was just a bystander, and this is the beautiful thing about it, if I was a bystander, I probably could not find who the leader was. Yeah. Even though I know it was, I know it was Braulio because we were on the inside, mm-hmm. and. Uh, but if I was a bystander, I don't think I would know who the... Because everybody gave way to the other person, to the other sure. pastor, to the other church, to the other ministry. And uh, there was nobody out there trying to vie for position. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody was uh, trying to hog the mic or hog mm-hmm. the the stage, you know. And um, 99.9% of all the ministry in the whole night was just all about Jesus. And uh, I so appreciate that. <clears throat> God did something spectacular there with that. So uh, one of the things that I uh, I do want you to, uh, I want to hear your perspective. What would you say, let's go with the with all the pastors and leaders that were there, that, mm-hmm. that supported, that were there, that was part of the march, part of the uh, celebration and the ministry in the square. What would you say to those pastors? Well, yeah. Uh, the the first thing I would say is obviously a big thank you. I think that is that is a due, and there there is a scripture that says, "Give honor where honor is due," and I believe each one deserves the honor that they 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 need and have to receive. I have to again kind of like single out Braulio just for a moment, and 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 I was thinking as you were saying about what was taking place. You know, he the the, the main message time slot he gave it away he gave it to i think pastor julian uh, if i'm if i'm not if i'm mistaken yeah, yeah. uh the, the 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 main prayer sessions he gave it to somebody else yeah. uh i mean me and you were up there i mean you were kind of like the first guy to to say something mm-hmm. and it's, it's just the whole time he was elevating other people around him the whole time it was really not about himself and even to those pastors that were there uh, and I agree, outside of the, the one person, that was a little bit of a fly in the ointment. Yeah. But, but here's the thing, you will always have that one person. You know? oh, so, yeah. so we need to just you know, forgive and you know, continue, yeah. you know, just go beyond that. Yeah. But to the pastors, I want to say, you know, uh, job well done. I, I think, again, you know, from me, from Africa, looking at what they are doing, they, they are really wanting to see a change in the city and in the nation and in the people and it's it is it has grown beyond just i want to grow my church uh, it's it's beyond that because every pastor wants to grow his church but these guys they are beyond i want to grow my church they they've really come to a place to say okay uh, let let me become the servant of the kingdom let, let me come to serve and i think those are some beautiful qualities of the christ 
that is coming through. That is for me, uh, yeah, if I have to tell that to the pastors there, I would say, yeah, thank you for, for your service and thank you for, for your honor and for, you know, the humbling of yourself. And I believe, you know, as, again, scripture, scripturally, if you want to change something, humble yourself before God that he may lift you up. And, and we know that scripture that says that if, if we who are called by his name will humble ourselves and pray. God will heal our land. So they were the forerunners of showing the people, listen, we can humble ourselves. We as the leaders, kind of like the, the, the I don't want to say elite, but the, the forefront, the pastors. You know, we are humbling ourselves. So it is, it is a very much a doable action. And I can see where this is pointing to. And it's pointing towards that God will start lifting people up and will start lifting up the area and will start lifting up. And, and I believe tangibly, I've seen it so, so, so many times, even like when you came to us all those years ago, you spoke a prophetic word and you said you saw new roads and new pavements. And, and literally within two years, there were new roads and new pavements. And so as far as measuring the effect, I, I am expecting some form of financial injection coming into Okutalan. I'm expecting something to change there that that the average people in the street will start living a little bit of a higher lifestyle because of the presence and the power of God coming back into a city. Yes. No, that's absolutely true. And so all the pastors there in Okutalan, I, I, please forgive me. I... I'm not going to try to name any any names only because if I forgot one, I don't want anybody singled out with my bad memory. But every one of you, spectacular job. Um, like I said, there was a little bit of a fly in the ointment. And when I say that, it wasn't because of the leadership. It wasn't because of Pastor Braulio. It wasn't because of the pastors that really came in. It just seemed like somebody had their own agenda, worked their agenda, and uh, what was beautiful about it, though, ladies and gentlemen, it didn't even phase anybody. Everybody just kind of went on. It was spectacular. It was awesome. People praising God, loving Jesus, honoring one another, and everybody just went on. It wasn't that big of a deal on the grand scheme of things. It was just a little frustrating that it happened, but nonetheless, we just moved on and it, it and it worked out. And like you said, it's always going to happen. There's always going to be that person that doesn't understand what God is doing or what God is saying. They have their own agenda. Just have to deal with it. Um, so I also want you to now, now this, we have to be really nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what would you say to the pastors in the area that didn't show that didn't participate on any level? Oh yeah, that's that's a that's a loaded question, I guess. <laughs> be nice. Well, yeah, I'm gonna try and be nice. Um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm 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 gonna say, well, you know, maybe they didn't know about it, and so I would say, I would go back to that example of the 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 lily that grows on the field, you know, that 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 grows in the pond, you know, each year it will multiply and it will grow and it will grow and it will grow. So I'm expecting, you know, there were roughly about six, seven pastors this year. And I'm expecting that it should be close to doubling up next year. So I'm expecting at least 10 and above pastors that will join in. As far as pastors and, you know, forgive me for saying it, but they, are, they we, are sometimes very insecure. Because there is that thing of, well, what if my flock sees somebody else that preaches better than me or uh, and, and they, I'm going to lose them, you know. And to that, I would say, well, firstly, it's not your sheep. And secondly, if they do run away like that, they probably weren't your sheep. Yeah. Uh, so, so that, that shouldn't, be, shouldn't be the, the resistance issue within you as a pastor becoming part of something like this. So, so yeah, I would give them the benefit of the doubt that maybe they didn't know. Secondly, if there is a bit of a, a resentment, maybe... Well, it's a great opportunity to, to show some fruit of the Spirit and to forgive and and to carry on and to become part of something greater. To the churches or the pastors that are there looking at other pastors that were not there, uh, I would say kind of like the same thing, you know, you know, give them time and uh, again, invite them. Just, yeah. just, just let them know, hey, 
We're doing this thing. We had it. It was phenomenal. It is great. It's it's a and, and and here's the other thing. It's also exposure because there were people there at the march that were not safe. They didn't go to church. They were just drawn because of the excitement of the moment, and they saw all these different pastors. And so there is a a platform to to showcase a little bit about your gifting. And though it is maybe two minutes or three minutes, but I mean people can get to see you. So yeah, pastors. I would say to those that are not there, obviously, um, yeah. Do your best to get there. I mean, I flew literally halfway around the world. It took me almost three days of travel to get there. Um, but again, he, how did I get there? You invited me. Yeah. You know, somebody told me about it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known about it. Right. And and I think the the uh, we can say the excuse for the moment might be maybe they didn't know about it. But now it happened in the city. So in a sense, there's no more excuse to say, hey, there is a Jesus March movement. Uh, the only excuse will be what time and what date. Yeah. And I think as far as a, call it the marketing strategy, uh, let's let's get it out there. Let's get in the face of people. Let, let, let the pastors know. Let them know, listen, we as a city, we as the city, we are marching for Jesus. So, yeah, to those pastors who weren't there, uh, you missed out, but you're welcome next year. Absolutely. And, um, you know, there's a lot of reasons why people in leadership... Uh, don't participate in things like this. And there's too many reasons to go over all of them right now, of course. So the only thing that I'm going to say in that regard is just to ask all of you, uh, and uh, I'm going to do my best to say this as nicely as I can because I don't want to come across wrong, is please get over it and and be part of it. If you're concerned that you're going to lose members to some other church, get over it and just show up. Because here's the reality of it. I'm just going to be honest with you. You might. But then again, you might actually gain some people. Absolutely. Because one of the things that took place when the march ended in the square and we were on the platform is Pastor Julian had an, an altar call and with a salvation message. Yeah. So that would have been a great time and a great place for pastors to go down there and when they saw somebody giving their life to the Christ, hey, I'm Pastor So-and-so, here's my church, here where we're at, please come and join us and uh, get their information and start you know, growing your church. It would have been an easy way to get new members into your mm-hmm. church and raise up new people. The march um, for us was about a mile long. Uh, I remember it, what, it took us about 45 minutes, an hour to More do it. <coughs> Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, that just flew out of me. But think about this. During that mile-long march, somewhere in the neighborhood of 1,200 New Testaments were given out to people. Mm -hmm. So if you can imagine, for every New Testament that was given out, that could have been a soul saved or a connection made. Or maybe even a new member in your church. A new member in the church, exactly. They were receiving those Bibles possibly for the first time in their life. They could have been receiving Christ, an invitation to your church, and that. So the only people that had those kind of connections were just the pastors and the Christians that showed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want anybody missing out on a move of God. Yeah. And this has, I'm not saying it's all the way there, but if if we as the body of Christ come together and lift this up and work with God in it, this could truly become a move of God. Mm. It has that potential. And um, and here's the thing. It's not that it needs every pastor to become a move of God. It can be one. And, um, and it's going to work. But I want you to work with it. I want you to participate. I want you to be part of it. I want you to reap the rewards of that work. And again, what was so beautiful, because I know one of the reasons why a lot of pastors won't work with another pastor or do something is denominational differences. And um, what I really loved about both marches in Guadalajara and here in Okinawa is I still don't know the denominations of all the people we worked with, and I don't care. Mm-hmm. It was about Jesus. It was about exalting Jesus, not a mm-hmm. denomination, not a pet doctrine, not a pet um, in any church. It was about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And when we can get past our differences and just focus Jesus, focus on him, exalt him, lift his name, mm-hmm. God will move and do profound things regardless yeah. of the church, sure. regardless of the denomination, sure. and we can all benefit and reap the mm-hmm. rewards of it. Mm-hmm. So my, my message to everybody that all the pastors and even Christians that didn't show up next year, 
It'll happen about the same time of year. Contact, most of you know Pastor Braulio. Contact him. Tell him uh, you want to be part of it. Well, when he gets into the planning stages, you mm-hmm. want to be part of the planning. When he gets into the, you know, actually working it out, you want to be there. You want to do it. You want to help him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I, I really appreciate you pointing that out, Rian, but you're right. Um, not that Pastor Braulio didn't get up on the stage. He just was not the main focus at all. Mm. He opened the door for Pastor Julian, for you, for me, uh, and, and the rest of the pastors. It was about, he was a lifting up and creating a space for everybody. Mm. And, um, you know, I would have been happy, like last year we showed up, and I don't think I got up on the big stage at all. Uh, I was out in the audience. But when ministry time came, we were called upon. All the pastors were called upon. We ministered. We laid hands on people. We laid hands on the sick. And uh, it wasn't about the one-man show. It wasn't about Braulio. It wasn't about any one person. It was about all of us exalting Jesus together. Another thing I want to kind of like just speak to the pastors and say, yes, it's going to cost you a little bit. Um, You know, the gospel is free, but it costs some money. And, you know, the pastors that were there, I mean, I'm like Braulio, like I'm, I'm wearing one of the shirts today. I mean, it, it costs money to be made. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there is a cost involved, like with you guys. I mean, you, you actually, I mean, I was kind of like the, the number eight in the team. I mean, Rob, you, you, you and the whole team, I mean, all in all, we were eight that came from us, kind of like from the outside coming in. Uh, and there were some costs involved to those pastors that were there. I mean, those trucks didn't drive themselves. There were a lot of paperwork that had to be filed in. And and, 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 and so it can go on. But it, it, it does take something from you. So, you know, the, 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 the passivity or the complacency of some of the pastors, we have to address that and say, hey, you know, you, you can't just sit there wanting to receive all the time. And I know, pastors, you are giving a lot. I understand that. I Trust me, I understand. But in, in a global sense of a church that is a city church, uh, you, you're going to have to get invested. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to cost you a little bit. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you money. It's going to cost your people to get involved, uh, build those floats, get those balloons filled up, get the band marching, get the, the drummers, get the, 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 the dancers, and get out there and... And do the job that is required to make your city great. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's for you, it's for your children, it's for your, for your grandchildren. Um, and, and, and what do we gain out of this? Technically, I mean, what do I gain from Africa? Not, not much. I mean, they, we don't have Spanish people in Africa or in South Africa, I mean. Uh, there are some, but I mean, we don't have the Hispanics. We don't have tacos or... Or things like that. Oh, I can't come back then. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so it's a different culture. But yet, from an outside point of view, uh, we're going to have to invest. So having said that, you know, for yourself and and, and Pastor Linda, you know, I can just say from me looking at the march and the whole organization, you know, you spoke about months before. You know, so it is not something new. Uh, Many people, even in your church, many people knew about it. And then everybody that volunteered made their own way, you know, so it cost you something. Uh, it cost you guys as a church something. I mean, you fed us every day. You traveled, you, <coughs> you, you, you booked the, 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 the bus. And, 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 and I mean, for me, literally, I mean, there was not one day that if I took out my card, you like just showed me it's no good and you, you, you paid for everything. So there is a, a cost involved. And so for you, you, you said to speak to the pastors that were there, well, uh, and that wasn't there, I probably can't speak now to you guys that came as far as Greater Works uh, Christian Church here in Lancaster. You know, to you and Marlinda, thank you. You know, thank you for your leadership. Thank you for for showing, like Braulio, you know, showing some fathership, showing that, you know, it is not about just me and my and my beautiful church. It is about the, the greater aspect of of Jesus and his kingdom. Ultimately, we are kingdom. And, you know, there were other people there as well. Like Carlos has been coming there for so many years. I mean, he's actually, in a sense, a native mm-hmm. to that region. And, I mean, he did a fantastic job in translating. Yeah. And he always does a fantastic job. And and he, in a sense, for me, that, I mean, I, I know like three Spanish words. But he made it, <laughs> he made it for me so easy that, that it... 
didn't feel like I was actually busy with a foreign group of people or a foreign, foreign language because he just filled that void, that space between me and the Spanish-Mexican community. He just filled that. So even to him, a big thank you. And then the newcomer, as far as I understand, Blanca, that that was powerful in translation herself. And she stood up there and and... You know, when we had to go pray, I said, listen, you're not coming as my translator now. This is prayer now. You're coming as my wingman. We, yeah. We're going to do this thing. And I mean, she blasted them. And, you know, there was Pat that <laughs> I, I can still remember like four weeks ago when I was here. And she said, well, can I shoot something? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what in the world is this woman saying? <laughs> but she meant a camera and she did a phenomenal job. You know, yes. she was there and... When we said, now team minister, she put the camera down. She was there praying, laying her hands, and it was phenomenal. Same with Ida. I mean, she's this quiet, soft-spoken person there in the back, this little intercessor. But when it was down, boots on the ground, she was there. Mm -hmm. And also Carlos's wife, who was also Blanca. I mean, she was there in the thick of things. She, she made, she carried the load. You know, and, and I think those are important things to recognize and to acknowledge and to also give thanks to, to you guys as Greater Works. Thank you for, I mean, what what do you actually have to do in Guadalajara? What do you have to do in Okotulan? I mean, it's a foreign nation. It's, it's, it's a whole day travel to get to somewhere else. I mean, if we want a tacos, we can have it just down the street. Yep. Uh, so it's not, not really about the food, though we do love the food. It is about having a vision beyond ourselves. And you guys having a vision beyond yourselves, reaching out to the nations and ultimately fulfilling that great commission where he says, and go to all nations and immerse them in the reality of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and making them those disciples and teaching them the things of God. Absolutely. Well, we're going to wrap this episode up um, only because I looked at my timer and we're counting down. But there's so many more things that I want to say. Just like uh, opened up, opened up my mind, my heart to to many things. So I'm gonna wrap this one up. But don't worry, don't worry. Rian's gonna be on the next one, real quick. So God bless you all. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to the next session. Thanks, God. Thank you for joining us at Table Flippers. Please email me at gwccrobert at gmail.com gwccrobert at gmail.com Now go out and have a table flipping day. Oh, Should I have said have a chipalicious day? Chipalicious. Now you're talking. Say goodbye, Chippy. Say goodbye.